0: Happy Friday, Georgia Tech fans. We'll see if it's a happy Friday. We'll talk about that after we get done with today's episode A Big Game This Weekend. And we've got an update on the coaching market for Georgia Tech. My name is Bryce Kuhn. You're watching Swarm Talk, and it gets started right now. While in here and make yourself feel at home. The crowded booth is coming on booth with Bryce Coon. Well, hello everyone and welcome to today's episode. It's a happy Friday. It's Swarm Talk talking all things Georgia Tech. My name is Bryce Coon. We got Ralph Leary in the, uh, in the, we'll call it the studio. This is, we'll call it the digital studio. He's manning all the controls. We got a great show for you today. First off, we're talking coaching updates and then we're going to get a brief look at what to expect against North Carolina this weekend in Chapel Hill. Let's start it off though by thanking our friends over at Section 103 they got the great hoodie. Ralph has some awesome gear as well. Uh, he's not wearing it, but that's okay. But we'll, we're going to get some more great stuff continue going on. Basketball season's in full swing. Make sure to get your basketball gear as well. Well, look, it's time to talk coaching search. We gave an update you know, about a month ago, a month and a half ago, when the firing of Jeff Collins occurred. And now we're circling back around to what we feel like is going on right now. Let's start with Candidate. Number one, and the reason Blakey's can't number one is because everything we've been led to believe says that he is so. It is Jamie Chadwell. Jamie Chadwell, obviously the number one option right now for Jay Bat. That has been confirmed. That this is the guy that they want to go after. They want to look at Jamie Chadwell. They want to see what it takes to bring him uh, from a successful program in Coastal Carolina. He's had great success there. He's built them up uh, into a solid, one of the premier group of five programs right now over the past two to three years. And, look, they're in a conference that uh, I know Ralph's going to like this in the background. They're in a conference that's really competitive, and they're going to be facing uh, Ralph's favorite team, the Troy Trojans, we think. I think Troy's clinched. I'm not sure yet. I think Troy's clinched. They haven't yet. South Alabama still has a shot if Troy freaks out over the last two weeks. But anyways, we'll keep this going. But look, Coast Carolina, you know them, you love them. The, the option style of offense that Jamie Chadwell runs, uh, what they're doing up there uh, in not Myrtle Beach. They're not in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They're in Conway, South Carolina. But I will say this from a recruiting standpoint, and this is something that I heard from several people when they recruit, so they take the kids on the weekend. Let's just say it's a random weekend. Let's say they're playing Georgia State, okay? So they take the kids, and they show them the facilities, okay? And, you know, football facilities, everything in between. And then they drive them 30 minutes, show them some more stuff, drive them another 20 minutes down to Myrtle Beach, and that's where they hang out for the whole weekend. They split it up so it doesn't feel like it's a really long drive when in fact it's a shade under an hour to get back to Myrtle Beach from Conway. So that's how they recruit. If you're worried about recruiting, I know a lot of people are. Um, I'm not really worried about the recruiting in this sense. This is a scheme that I think fits perfectly for Georgia Tech. It fits. uh, It's that bridge between the old guard of the fan base um, and the new guard, which is you don't want to run the option, but you got to find something that you can have an identity with. And I think that's, that's really good. Uh, You know, go back to it this is a guy they feel like is the top guy on new athletic director jay bat's wish list um, and i think that you have to sit there and say it's really currently there's not an open job at the power five level that really makes more sense from a schematic fit and everything that when you put it all together than georgia tech uh, it almost makes too much sense so i think that this has got to be the guy that you go into and you say you got to make him say no. Like that's got to be the guy. If he tells you no, then you can move down the pecking order. But that's something that I really want to um, re- really really want to harp on because Chadwell obviously you know is a guy that uh, is is still relatively young. Um, you know he's spent his entire coaching career in this area too, which is huge. Uh, he's won you know. Uh, even if you want to count the Southeast, he's been at like Delta State, he's been at Mississippi College. Um, you know, he obviously built a program in North Greenville, Division II program, then he makes the jump. Uh, so I just think when you look and see what he does, it's one of the big things. If you go back to my episode talk about what they need, a program builder. And I don't think even the uh, the, the Coastal Carolina haters can say, look, he, he went there and he's built them into a solid program, a uh, you know, one of the top five and you just look at it, probably one of the top five group of five programs right now. I mean, he's done a great job with it. If he can translate that to Georgia Tech, uh, this is a team that, you know, you see the ceiling, you see the the floor of wins at least hit six at Georgia Tech. I mean, six to six to eight wins at least. Um, I don't, I just think that this is, there's a lot of concern with, you know, what uh, does it translate? But look, that's, you're taking a chance every single time you hire a coach because that's just how these things work. Like, you look at a resume and you say, well, we think that would fit here. That's a risk. It may not. That happens for everybody. And there's really no sure thing uh, when you're hiring a coach. And the coaches that are sure things are not looking for jobs, most likely. So I think that's one of those things where for Chadwell, uh, this is a guy that has success. He's had, um, he's had experience building a program, and I think it translates well. And also, too. You know, this is a guy that the thought process is Chadwell's going to want to bring his entire staff. And there's a little bit of a caution, a pushback on that from some fans. And I don't get that uh, because to me, if I'm Jamie Chadwell and I'm sitting in a meeting across from Jay bat and some, you know, board members and there's, well, you know, we want we, we think we want you to hire these people. All Chadwell has to do is say, pull out the card of. Look what we've done with these guys. If we bring everything here, and literally the only thing we change is location, the color of uniforms we're wearing, and all this stuff, the continuity can continue. And not to mention as well that there's a thought process as well with Grayson McCall. Uh, Obviously, you know, his injury. Is that an option for him to take his last year and come down to Atlanta? I think that's got to be in the cards as well. If you can get a guy like that. Who is a prolific player a solid player and and under chadwell has been guided to you know be this guy uh, that he is and you know he's gotten some nfl draft recognition we'll see what his future holds obviously the season ending injury so he's not playing the rest of this year but all that to say chadwell's the number one option this is the guy you have to make say no from schematic fit to being able to build the program you're not going to go get a flash hire out of this they're not going after the big name Deion Sanders is not coming. Lane Kiffin's not coming. Hugh Freeze isn't coming. You better hope Bill O'Brien's not coming. All of these things to say is this is a guy who's built a program. That's what Georgia Tech needs because there's not a lot of a foundation. And I said it on the radio yesterday, if you were tuning in over in, uh, over in Savannah. It's one of those things. Georgia Tech has a lot of guys on the roster that don't know. They don't even know what it's like to win. They don't know what it's like to win consistently. And so you bring a guy who comes from a winning pedigree, he's won everywhere he's been, that helps. It helps a lot. It helps a lot. So let's go to option number two here. And this is the one where I think that we start to get a little more in the gray area. We're going to go option two is Mike Houston. Now Mike Houston, the head coach at East Carolina, was formerly uh, at James Madison when they won a pair of uh, FCS National Championships. When Mike Houston's name was brought up, I felt and I sensed that there was a collective of, oh, well, yeah, it doesn't have, we'll say it, the sex appeal of of, of other head coaches. But when you look at what Mike Houston walked into when he took over East Carolina, that's another program that has kind of risen to one of the more solid foundational programs in the group of five, a team that, uh, you know, is at a competitive American conference and, and takes on some good teams. But they were bad before he got there, like really bad, like two win bad. Uh, Georgia Tech fans, that's one less win than what you average. You average three. So they had two. So he took over something that was really, really bad. So I will say this. The situation that he walked into was really similar to what Georgia Tech is in right now. He turned the program around, and he's got them on solid footing. And so what does that mean for East Carolina? They're going to bowl games. They had an outside shot at making the American Conference Championship until I think last week or a week and a half ago. So what it means, they're playing meaningful football games the month of October and November. When's the last time you feel like you could say that as a Georgia Tech fan? You just want the opportunity to play meaningful football games in October and November. I'll do some foreshadowing here. You want to do what Brian Kelly said. October is for pretenders. November is for contenders. If you're Georgia Tech, you want that. Mike Houston has got East Carolina to a sense of where they're going to be playing in some bowl games, and I think that's what Georgia Tech really, really wants to see. Uh, you know, it's a complete rebuild that Mike Houston has undergone at East Carolina. He was 12-9 and nine so far in the last two years. Uh, it only saw uh, seven wins in his first two seasons. But – I think when you see he what he's done everywhere he's been, and I go back to the resume, he turned around Division II Lenore Ryan to start his head coaching career. They've now become a uh, powerhouse Division II program. And so it's just a guy that can come in and establish, we're going to use a buzzword, culture. I know a lot of Georgia Tech fans just freaked out because Skinny Pants McGee used that a lot. But we're going to talk about it here because I got Ralph laughing in the background now. But Mike Houston has instilled that, a winning culture at East Carolina. Now, look, I don't think East carolina gonna challenge for, you know, the New Year's Six Bowl spot, uh, you know, but, but what they are doing is I think where a lot of fans for, the, you know, the Pirates are, are pretty happy with. A chance, to, you know, to go to a, a mediocre bowl game and an opportunity in October to say, look, hey, if this happens, maybe we can find ourselves in a conference championship game. And with the American Conference growing a little weaker, in my opinion, in years to come, maybe they do have an outside shot at making an American conference championship game. So it's going to be very interesting to watch that as well. But this is also another guy with you go recruiting. This is a guy who has heavy ties to the Virginia area. He's also very accomplished in the Carolinas. And so what does that mean? Recruiting. He has a little bit of a footprint in this area already. And then you talk about winning what he did at James Madison. I mean, look, James Madison made the jump to the Sun Belt this year, did not miss a beat. It feels like, uh, you know, most teams FCS wise when they make the jump, look at Georgia State. You know, look at Georgia Southern. They they struggle. James Madison, I think they're sitting five and five right now, five six and five, five and six, maybe something like that. Anyways, they had a chance to go to a bowl game at some point. Ralph's flashing up signs. I just probably made gang signs. I don't know what it was. But, you know, it's Georgia Tech, it's not Georgia State, so we're fine. So let's um let's keep it rolling here with the third and final candidate, okay? Now, this one is the one where I, I, I I'm not, I don't know. What, what do we say here, Ralph? I, I, I meant, As Ralph was typing this out, I, I wasn't like, man, that would be awesome. But what I was more was like, I see the connection and why, whether it's true or not, some of the rumors make sense. Willie Fritz is option number three. Obviously, Fritz having a fantastic campaign right now at Tulane. Um, You know, college game day neglected to go down there, but Josh Pate did uh, with the UCF-Tulane game. Uh, Tulane smacked around SMU last night. Um, And so, you know, this, I think, the first go-around, when Paul Johnson retired in 2018, there was a lot of smoke with Willie Fritz because it made sense of the transition offensively. You're not running the wingbacks, but you still have that option, that kind of spread option type of feel. With Fritz, I want to be careful how I say this. Coming off a two and ten season last year, here's the irony, folks. You ready for this one? With offensive coordinator Chip Long last year at Tulane, who is the current offensive coordinator at Georgia Tech right now? That's that's pretty interesting. But what he's done is that he's turned this program around. Uh, in the sense of, I think it's one of the harder jobs. They don't have really great facilities. Uh, they do have a new stadium to themselves, but they don't have a massive budget for football. Um, but the thing with Willie Fritz is, is the lack, in my opinion, of continuous success. Yes, they're having a good year this year, but does that mean that you know he hasn't been wildly successful at Tulane? And I think that's the concern with this. Also, you know, Fritz is uh, kind of the the veteran of of this coaching you know, stuff. He he's he's on the older side. So, what does that look like in the sense of not that he can't relate with players, but I'm saying more the sense of how much longer is he going to coach? Are you looking at a guy just to be here for four years? Are you trying to find a guy, at Georgia Tech? In my opinion, you should be that can stay here for a while. That this is you know can stay here and, and build. Uh, you know, hopefully, what a lot of fans want to be is the next kind of. Um, run for Georgia Tech to to make some bowl games. I mean, this is a team that before Jeff Collins was, I think it was 18 consecutive bowl game appearances. That's nothing to slouch out. I mean, you want to have that. So does Willie Fritz provide that? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think out of all of these candidates, what Fritz does give you is you kind of know what you're getting in the sense of an offensive scheme. Um, but once again... The pizzazz, the, the the sex appeal of of the of the hire, I don't I don't think is there, and that's why we kind of labeled them one through three. Now this is kind of what we're hearing. Obviously, uh, you know this has been kept quiet. Ralph, you can go ahead and take down that option three, Willie Fritz. But this has obviously been kept quiet, and Jay bats keeping this very very close to the vest. Uh, names like Bill O'Brien have floated around. I don't feel like that's really in the cards anymore. I, I truly feel like Alabama is going to let him go. Uh, I think that they're making changes. Probably both. You know, at least one coordinator position, maybe both. I mean, Pete Golding might be gone as well, but we'll see. But I think when you look and see what Georgia Tech has going for them, what is the what are they trying to do? And Bill O'Brien's not there. You know, Auburn to me is the number one job open. Like with facilities, with money. I mean, they just opened that brand new facility, which is unbelievable. Facilities, money, fan support, that's the number one job. Then you get to in the sense of you have to kind of – so Auburn and Georgia Tech will never be competing for the head coach. like That's not going to happen in this sense. Now, where you start to get into some interesting territory is what does Nebraska and Wisconsin what, – what do they do? Do they retain the interims? Do they say Mickey Joseph and Ralph giving the name of Wisconsin's interim head coach because it's their defensive coordinator that a lot of people felt like could, you know, be a head coaching candidate. But did they decide to go with their interims? That allows more names to be on the market. Uh, A couple other coaching changes that, you know, could be happening. Could Ole Miss have an open spot if Lane Kiffin decides to go? Uh, Jim Leonard is the Wisconsin interim coach. He was the D.C. So Jim Leonard and, um, you know, Mickey Joseph, are those two guys that would stay you know, have those interim tags removed. We'll see. You know, Matt Rule has been rumored to go out to Nebraska or Wisconsin. So what what does that look like? But going back to it, Ole Miss could have an opening. That's another program that is going to be on top of Georgia Tech in the pecking order. So it'll be interesting to watch that as well. And then I'm going to hurt Ralph's feelings. Um, West Virginia let go of their AD. And that was the ties with Neil Brown, who was a hot up-and-coming coach out of Troy, you know, had, I think Ralph, correct me, because Ralph will correct me here, a pair of upcoming, a pair of double-digit win seasons, including, did he win a Sunbelt title? Or did he, he did win a Sunbelt title. Three double-digit win seasons. He gets a job West Virginia, and it just, I think Neil Brown's a great coach, it just has not worked out. Like, it just, just a lot of different things haven't worked out for him there. So West Virginia, that's a program where I think you could see almost equal footing, they could compete, they would be looking at coaches on the same playing field as Georgia Tech. You know, what? where do they go from there? You have to ask yourself that question. Other jobs around the country, I think Colorado is not really going to be looking at same head coaches as Georgia Tech has. I think there is a big name that um, is not being talked about for the Colorado job that it's gonna be very interesting. I'll also say this too, I think there's some still some really, really big names, and you saw it, uh, I think the next round live over in Birmingham dropped with the Auburn job, uh, and Dabo Sweeney. Uh, I will say, though, that Ralph Leary had that first, so we're just going to give Ralph credit on that. Arizona State, they're amid a bunch of sanctions, so what what's going to happen there? All this to say is that I think Georgia Tech has to make Chadwell say no. And in order to kind of get the ball rolling, this is something that has to happen, and we're going to talk about this next week has to happen fairly quickly because you're playing your 11th game of the season on Saturday. We'll get to that here in a second. You're going to turn around and uh, you know go to the slaughterhouse next week. If it's Chadwell, now this is just my thought process, and I'm just talking out loud here. If it's Chadwell, I imagine that he would be named the Sunday or Monday after conference championship weekend. Because typically you're going to see these head coaches coach in their conference title game. I think it's – and you can let me know down in the comments if that is rare to happen. But in this scenario, I feel like it's not. So he coaches in the conference title game, uh, and then someone takes over in the interim whatever bowl game Coastal Carolina goes to. That allows Chadwell to get there, you know, decide what he wants to do staff-wise. if He wants to retain some of the recruiting staff to be able to have a signing day. To be able to hit the transfer portal, so it's going to be very interesting. We're going to talk about how does Georgia Tech plan for the month of December uh, next week because there's a lot of moving parts, including a uh, a quick list of some guys that I feel pretty confident they're going to enter the transfer portal and leave Georgia Tech. But yes, very interesting to see that as well. Um, and going back to what Ralph said about Neil Brown, he's got the stats right here: thirty-five and sixteen at Troy, twenty-three nine and nine in the Sun Belt Conference. So obviously, a lot of success. Uh, I have no doubt that Neil Brown will find a job somewhere. Uh, you know, after if, if if he is let go at West Virginia, we're gonna, we're gonna have to wait and see with that. But as we kind of wrap up the coaching talk, we move into the preview against North Carolina. Um, Georgia Tech needs an offensive-minded coach, and I think that we're gonna have to see that. You got to have some type of identity offensively. How bad it's been? I mean, they are awful offensively. It's not. It's it's horrible. I mean, it's like sixteen or seventeen points a game you're averaging. And because of that, um, Ralph, go ahead and throw it up there. What to expect against North Carolina this weekend? Well, here's what I expect. You know that saying, or, or, or let's say like this. You know when you were, it's almost Thanksgiving, and you know when you would go play backyard football at your grandparents' house. All the cousins are over. Everyone's having a good time. And you're playing, and maybe you're the biggest kid there. And you knock out little Johnny. Now you're about 12 years old. You know, you, you, you're the biggest, you're the oldest cousin. And little Johnny's just five. And little Johnny comes around the corner. He's having a great day. He's enjoyed some green bean casserole. He had some sweet potato souffle. And man, he thinks he's gonna score the first touchdown of the Turkey bowl. And you, your 12 year old self, you just deplete him. You, you just take him right off of his feet. Uh, that's gonna happen on Saturday but also what happens afterwards so grandpa doesn't like it grandpa gets mad grandpa gets in your face and what does grandpa do he takes you behind the woodshed and beats you senseless and that Ralph just lost it that is kind of the epitome of what's going to happen in this football game North Carolina's offense I'll tell you if I had a Heisman vote it's going to Drake May it's going to Drake May the kid has unreal numbers he is going to probably be on mock drafts when he comes, becomes eligible, the number one quarterback available. I mean, this kid is unbelievable. The problem is, North Carolina doesn't really have a great defense. The spread on this game, I believe, is around 22, 23 points. And the only reason it's that generous is because of the lack of defense North Carolina has. But the problem ding, 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 bling, bing, 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 bang, bing, bong, bing, bong. The flashing news here, folks George Tech has an awful offense. Terrible. Like, 120th like it's it's terrible so in this sense I don't I just don't feel confident enough obviously with Tyson Pumachon having to play this game and Zach Gibbs playing this game to even give them a chance I've taken North Carolina in the points in this I think the Tar Heels uh, cover uh so it's going to be really really interesting to see kind of what goes on and uh you know we'll see we'll see what happens in this game um you want to see the kids fight, obviously, but man, the season just needs to be over. This the season just needs to be over because I don't. I think next week there shouldn't even be a spread. You know how the FBS FCS games don't even have a spread sometimes. I think that should be the case. We may not even preview the game next week. Um, I mean, I'll talk with Palmer Tom's on the phone about it, but. You know, we're probably not even going to preview it. So that's what I expect, North Carolina. I don't think this game is going to be close. I think the Tar Heels are well on their way uh, to, you know, trying to find a spot in the New Year's Six Bowl and maybe win themselves an ACC title against Clemson. We'll see. But hey, that's all the time we have for today. I know that some of you didn't like the show. I know that some of you are you're, you're in your feelings a little bit. You said, hey, he was mean about my program. No, this is a dose of reality. This is where you are. We're just being truthful. Also, for the lovely folks that like to watch the content and read the content, hey, check us out at thecrowdedbooth.com. Join the Discord link down below. And last but certainly not least, no one's stealing your content. People have sources. People get to talk to people. It's public knowledge. Thanks so much. We'll catch you next time. This has been another episode of The Crowded Booth. We'll catch you next time. See you on Sunday. Pile in here and make yourself feel at home. The Crowded Booth is coming on. The Crowded Booth with Bryce Coon.